Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Welcome back to another episode of the Birth Launch Podcast. I know there's going to be some wind in the background. I'm sitting outside. We are having some work done on the inside, and so I had to choose between loud construction or some wind in the background, so I am sorry. You guys, today's episode is so good. I am joined by my friend and founder of the New Mom Boss Podcast, Callista Anderson. She is a registered nurse a mom of three, a lactation counselor, and a new mom coach. We are diving into all the things that you need to know about how your relationship with your partner will change after a baby. And it's not just the sexual part. We are talking about emotional, physical, mental, all of it, right down to your daily activities and how you can keep that connection and that spark alive right after baby. Now, these are conversations that we have inside of Dad Days, which is our online course for expecting fathers and male-identifying partners to help them prepare for how to best support you in pregnancy, how to be the best support during birth, and then also what to expect in postpartum and how to support you through that transition. Also, we know that studies show men are almost just as impacted as women when it comes to the postpartum experience. And so we want to teach them how to advocate for themselves and keep that line of communication open between you and them. Check out Dad Days at thebirthlounge.com backslash Dad Days. That's D-A-D-D-A-Z as in zebra, E as in egg. D-A-D-D-A-Z-E, Dad Days. All right, without further ado, you guys, I am so excited to have on Calista. So, Calista, welcome to the show. Thank you, Hehe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, today's talk is going to be, I think, very mind-blowing for a lot of people for a couple reasons. First of all, I don't do a lot of talking about postpartum. We talk about it, and I tell you to really kind of think about it, but, you know, my specialty is, is really birth. It's prenatal birth, helping you really prepare for the birth and the labor and delivery experience that you want because I am a firm believer that the way your baby comes into this world 
wholeheartedly, 100%, without a doubt, will impact your postpartum experience. And so today, we're going to talk about postpartum, but not a section that a lot of people talk about. We're going to talk about your relationship with your partner, which so many people do not think about before baby gets here. Then that relationship suffers once baby is here. And it takes a lot of work to get back. But you and I both talk about the power of preparing before baby gets here. And so we're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on how your partner can support you and how you can support your partner. And we're going to talk about how you can truly strengthen your relationship after your baby gets here instead of falling into, I think, the, the common kind of relationship ditch that so many new parents find themselves in. But before we do all that, Calissa, will you tell us a little bit about who is with us, who's behind the microphone, who are you? Thank you. Gladly. I would like to introduce myself, Calista Anderson. So I'm the founder of New Mom Boss, and my business is all about helping moms transition into the postpartum period and preparing the old self and the new self for the coming of baby. And one big thing I focus on is, on, is the relationship. I also have a podcast, the New Mom Boss Podcast, and my professional background is nursing. I'm a registered nurse, a certified lactation counselor, and then my personal background, I'm a mom of three little kiddos, two not so little anymore, eight and nine, and a baby, um, and I'm also a certified lactation counselor, and fun fact, I'm a homeschooler, and I love the Real Housewives of all the cities. <laughs> That's amazing. I love trash TV like that. I'm a oh my big God. fan of like Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. I could do all that all day. I love it. Okay, so I guess let's start out with, you know, what does actually change after your baby gets here? I think a lot of people just kind of think you're going to insert a baby into your life and things are going to kind of go back to, you know, okay, we just have a baby now. It's not quite how that happens. So what are the changes that happen? And then also, why should we be talking about these before the baby gets here? It seems a little preemptive. Right. So I don't want to burst any mom's bubble, you know, pregnant mamas out there, pregnant people. Um, it's a beautiful time being pregnant, growing a human being in your belly. And it's so much fun, right? Like it's the baby shower, the registry, and looking at all the baby stuff, which can be overwhelming too. But it's almost like it's a like a fantasy life that's about to happen in nine months. And I don't want to take away the fun and the fantasy because a lot of it is just miraculous. And it is you're going to be on such a high. But there's a lot of changes that happen too. And if you don't prepare for those changes, the fantasy will crumble really, really fast. I mean, you carry this baby for nine months and you have a major event birth, which you're a pro at helping moms at. Um, but then after the birth, it, that's like a one day event, right? And then after that is this postpartum period or the fourth trimester, which is the next three months after birth, which is this big transitional time in both the in both parents' lives. You know, the baby is just getting used to living outside of the womb. The mom is learning how to breastfeed, healing from birth and running a household. You know, they're on maternity leave 
or maybe they're going to be a stay-at-home mom, but whatever it is, it's like you're juggling all these different plates and they're spinning all this at the same time. And the relationship is there in the background, something that is not part of the, you know, checklist while you're pregnant a lot of times, um, because we don't talk about it. It's kind of like, it's, it's just kind of there, you know, and it's going to be there after, which it is, but it's also put on the back burner, not thought about, ignored and it suffers. And you mentioned, you know, the baby is born and is inserted into, you know, this relationship and it can affect the relationship, but vice versa, the relationship can affect the baby. You know, your relationship plays such an important part of being a parent and co-parenting that I really believe I'm into energies and like the energy of the home and preparing the home and the relationship. And so the baby will be affected indirectly and later down the line, who knows, you know, and a lot of um, couples get divorced in the first seven years because new parenthood is hard. You know, it's, you don't get to just have a date night whenever you want, flip on a show whenever you want, you know, all these things have to be thought about and planned. And, you know, that doesn't, it, it, changes overnight. So that is why it is very important to help transition your relationship. And you do that before the baby is born. Yeah, I think two things that really suffer the most probably is communication and then affection. You know, whether that just be slowing down to connect with one another or actually having sex um, or just spending time close to one another. It doesn't even have to be physical touch. Maybe you're just watching a TV show together, unplugged from your phone and both paying attention to the same thing, right? Um, that after birth period, you just don't have time to slow down for that kind of stuff. And so I love how you talked about, um, you know, you kind of have to, you have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this everyone's focus is on the baby as it should be, right? There's this new, like we talked, we just recorded a podcast from my podcast and we talked about, um, you know, that first five days and how stressful that can be. And so of course, all your attention is going to be on how do I keep this baby alive and grow it and make sure it's healthy. And, you know, that's how it should be. Um, but when things kind of settle down, you know, you're, you kind of get into a groove with the baby and you're, you kind of feel you're feeling confident and you're starting to get the hang of things, you know, then that's the time to kind of, to reconnect with your partner and carve the time out. And hopefully you would have done this kind of work and planning ahead of time so that you're both, you know, what to expect, um, I'm not saying all partners are like this, but a lot of partners feel, you know, like left out. It's all about the baby and then the mom and they're kind of like third place. Um, And every we're all just it's kind of like baby mom, maybe home. And then another thing, another thing, a pet and then the husband or the partner. (laughs) Um, And so kind of talking about it beforehand and putting things in place so that everybody feels supported is really important for the immediate postpartum period. And then also like in the long-term view of things. So 
Cool. So let's say that we did have this conversation before our baby got here. Is it too late? Like, can we still sit down our partner five days after birth, two weeks after birth, six weeks after birth and say, this is not working for me? Or what do we do if we find ourselves in a rut of like, man, I, this just isn't our old relationship. Yeah. Okay. So what I'd like to tell expectant parents So I'll tell you, this is the same for, you know, postpartum parents. Um, As soon as you hear this, if you've never heard this before, I hope you can hear this and do this. Set a date night now. So I like to tell parents or moms and their partners, put it in your calendar, whatever your due date is, add, you know, five, six, seven, eight weeks, whatever feels like is good for you. And, you know, you'll have some baby help. Um, And just put it in your calendar. That way you don't forget. So even if you're already postpartum, just pick out a date in your calendar um, and make a reservation to a restaurant and do all that. Those little things, if it's in your calendar, you are 80% more likely to get it done than if you just leave it up to your memory. So that would be my first um, recommendation is just to I'm all about putting things in the calendar or it won't get done. So put a date night in the calendar um, and then start talking about the changes. If you didn't get a chance to talk about it ahead of time, acknowledge the changes. You know, I think it's a little, um, what's the word? Like not gullible. I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost impossible for things to not change and just to accept that, things are not going to be the same. The di- You have a whole new human being in the house. So naturally, the dynamics of your relationship is going to change. And that's okay. You're like a new little family now. And you're all learning how to be with each other as a new little family. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I think you point out such a good point that your relationship isn't going to be your old relationship. You guys are new people. You and your partner are new people. You have different roles now. Your lives are actually different. You got to reestablish what your relationship looks like while having a baby around, right? All right. So I'm big into love languages. I've read the book. I love to talk about love languages. Tell me how this impacts things. What do we need to know about love languages and are they going to change postpartum? Yes. So um, Love Languages by Gary Chapman. So you're one of five things, right? Like uh, either receiving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and uh, touch. That's, I forget what it's exactly called, but touch. That's mine. I should know what it's exactly called, but it's the love language of um, touch. So Knowing what your love language is and what your partner's love language is, is a great tool in transitioning your relationship into the postpartum period. So if you don't know, you can go online, take a test. There's actually a free app called Nudge by Gary Chapman, and you and your partner can both take the test and link your little accounts up, and it'll tell you what each other's um, love languages are, and it'll give you little reminders to give each other the love language. So one important the the good thing about knowing this is that you know like my personal my my love language is touch so i my in the beginning would think my that's what my husband wants too 
but that's not his love language. So I'm giving him love, but he's probably not receiving it as good as he could be because that's not his primary love language. His is um, words of affirmation. So once I learned that about him, I became more intentional in the way I showed him love. And, you know, I'm more um, I, grateful and thankful in my words and remind him how thankful I am and, you know, um, text him those, those kinds of affirmations. Um, so that was really helpful to know and vice versa, you know, he might be, he can tell me all the time, like, I'm great. You're doing such a good job, but it's like, but touch me, you know, like I'm not feeling it and receiving it as much as if you were to touch me. So we know that about each other and that way we can both feel loved. Like two people can love each other a ton, but the other person may not receive it if it's not their primary love language. I love that. Okay. Can you talk to us about what it was like having your primary love language be touched, but in the beginning, touching you in a sexual way was probably not favorable. You always have a breastfeeding, you know, child on you. So touch, you sometimes feel touched out. So touch not favorable, right? Right after birth, you're usually sore. Your body's going through a lot. You are exhausted. So touch often not favorable. How do you balance those two? Or how do you explain to your partner how to balance those two? Because that is uber confusing. My love language is touch. Also, honey, I'm touched out. Yeah. So luckily my husband's very like intuitive and he, you know, did not try to go there and go be sexual <laughs> very early on. Um, and so for me, my preference for touch is not so much, um, like a sexual type of touch, but more just like just being close together, cuddling, you know, just caress my back massages. That's my ultimate favorite, like massage my shoulders and I feel love. Um, but as far as sex goes, you know, the most common thing, you know, we talked about American society earlier in my podcast and how, you know, the six weeks postpartum clearance by the doctor and like you're clear to have sex that's not uh -uh. like that's such an arbitrary number like who came up with that number <laughs> and it's like yeah you unfortunately that's your one postpartum check with your doctor unless there's anything else going on and if you're healing properly or you're healed then you're kind of left to like see you next year for your annual exam and um you're, you get home and you're like, yeah, the doctor said I could have sex, but more often than not, women do not feel ready to have sex after six weeks, even if they are completely healed, because your body is still healing and not just like your vagina, you know, it's like your whole entire body went from nine months pregnant to not pregnant overnight. And your uterus is still not back to its normal size. Your body, it's just, it feels different. Your body will never be the same, not in a bad way, but just, it takes time and you may not feel like having sex. You're still trying to get used to breastfeeding. You have leaky boobs and, um, you know, the whole wardrobe is a thing, you know, feeling comfortable in what you're wearing. And also if you're nursing and like finding the, the clothes that are comfortable and nursing friendly, it's a whole nother layer of like planning and thinking. Um, so balancing that with a partner that 
wants to have sex. I think just, you know, having that conversation of when you're ready and just explaining how you're feeling. Um, and you know, this could be also a conversation that, that can happen before the baby arrives. But obviously if you didn't talk about this, there's, you know, it's never too late. And, um, you know, you can have your touch. If you're a touch person, you can be touched another way. Or if your partner is a touch person, like, you know, just kind of compromising and staying up to date, like checking in with each other every so often is really important so that you still feel connected and close. And, you know, it may be different, but it, it's also very beautiful because once you're parents and you're, you created this new little being together, you're connected on a whole nother level that you've never been connected on before. And I know for me, like seeing my husband be a dad and loving our babies, like that made me fall in love with him deeper you know I think that's like my favorite thing about him is when I see him be like this good dad that's awesome okay you're gonna make me cry we have to steer clear of the good dad talk oh I love it I love a good dad um okay so with this I, I want to talk about a little bit of re-engaging in sex after baby because you know sex doesn't have to be penetrative is the first thing it, there are so many things that you could do for sexual self with you and your partner to reestablish that but then also there is a layer or there are layers um it's mental you got to be ready for that it's emotional you got to be ready for that that six-week appointment is purely physical like okay you're physically healed how's your emotional state how is your mental state How's your overall well-being? You know, just because we have one piece of the puzzle doesn't mean that you are ready to and or obligated to re-engage in sex. Um, and I love that you you suggest having a conversation because again, we've circled back to communication takes such a hit after a baby, right? That things like this can really go almost unspoken and brush under the rug because it doesn't seem like a priority until it is, and then it's a mega priority. So in spirits of avoiding the mega priority emergency situation, how can we do little things after baby gets here to support one another? You know, your support from your partner is very important, obviously. Um, and actually studies show that the number one uh, support for a lot of success and a lot of things uh, is actually partner support. So interesting tidbit that, but also what about supporting your partner? <laughs> a lot of times we don't talk about, you know, partners in this situation because everything is baby focused and then the, the next thing is you know that mom or that birthing person focus and then dad or the partner kind of fall to the wayside and they feel almost unloved or forgotten so it's a two-way street there what are your recommendations for doing that kind of from ground zero from the minute you bring home your baby having that open communication and that two-way street of support for you and your partner yeah, thanks for asking that. Yeah, so again, this is a conversation that can be had before the baby comes. That's like the ideal, right? But once the baby comes, just having that conversation, like how would you like to be supported? You as the the new mom birthing person, how how do you want your partner to support you? I talked about love language, like we talked about love language. So that's one way, right? Is there any other way that's not you know, under that umbrella. Um, 
and how would your partner like to be supported? So just ask, you know, I, I, I think we do this like, oh, if they love me, they'll know what I like, like the whole mind reading thing. Like, I don't think we do it purposely. Like it's, it's not a game, but it's like, why don't we just ask each other, tell each other what we like. And that way we don't have to guess and get things wrong or become resentful if they don't do things the way we want them to do it. Um, So just number one, ask each other. And then number two, um, ask your partner how they can have their needs met or not necessarily their needs, but how can they feel supported outside of you? And same with you as a new mom, because we're not each other's everything. Like we can say that in like a loving way, like you're my everything, but truly, honestly, like we are not like my husband's not my girlfriend. Like he won't watch housewives with me. I need to go outside of my husband to get additional support. So we're each other's like innermost circle, like that dot in the middle of the circle, but then they're they're concentric rings, right? You've got to go outside each other to find support, but ask your partner ahead of time or now. So that, cause especially like men do not think about this. Like they don't like, they don't even think they need support, right? They don't like need their, their guy friends and guys night out. At least my husband doesn't. But they do, they do need additional support, even though they don't know it. So um, looking for that other outlet and other support outside of your home, whether it's, you know, a dad's club or, or even the the friends that they have and just making sure they set, you know, um, date nights (laughs) with their friends or date days, Um, because it's also important to get a piece of your old self. And I, I don't, I like to say merging your old self with your new self and holding onto a piece of that, even after the baby is born. So whatever that is a hobby, um, something they, you know, whatever it is like, um, playing sports and picking up a game here and there. Um, so that you can just have that balance. So if you had to give new parents, one conversation to have prenatally to prepare for postpartum, what would it be? It would be, it would be that I would, I would say, how do we get support? How do we get support? Um, You know, it's not just one person. Um, I think it's how do we build our village? Also, that's part of my, in my course, New Mom Prep School, I take um, my students how to build their village, their support system. You may or may not need them, but doing the research ahead of time, vetting them, making sure it's someone you would want to work with in case you need them, like a therapist, like a marriage counselor, um, you know, that's instead of having to do that when you're in the postpartum period, you're sleep deprived, you're, you know, you haven't showered in days. So you're just, how can you even add this research thing to your plate? So, yeah, I would say that is the one piece of advice I would give as a couple is to build your village ahead of time. It is just so, I think taboo almost to think beyond your birth, right? 
Um, people just think it's all about pregnancy. It's all about birth. And then we're sent home with this tiny human, like, oh my God, I have to keep this thing alive. And I'm not even sure I know how to change its diaper, right? Um, everything is a learning curve in the beginning. And, and you talked about that. Um, postpartum is certainly a time that you've got to plan for it. You've got to prepare for it. And I want to kind of wrap up here because I want people to really, really take this home. When we make a plan, it is okay to stray from that plan. So can you walk us through navigating from your postpartum plan and confidently changing your mind postpartum when that is not what you thought postpartum would be like. You never thought you would choose to formula feed. You never thought you would have a C-section and now you're having, you know, the repercussions of that. You never thought that your partner and you would be in this situation. Talk us through confidently navigating those situations and how do you pivot and, and change from your plan and choose something that actually is aligned with you and your baby and your partner. That's so good. So number one, I want everyone to just give yourself some grace. Grace, like we all need it. Nobody is perfect. Even if you have a perfect plan, it will not go according to plan 100%. And the way I like to say things is, you get ready 80% of get 80% ready so that you can be ready for the 20% unknown. You know, a plan is a plan. It's, it's in the word. It, it doesn't mean it's done. It's, it's happened. No, it's what we would like to happen. And if it doesn't give yourself some grace. So whether, you know, I I've been there, I planned on and exclusively breastfeeding my first child, my daughter, and I ended up using formula or supplementing, um, which is fine. Um, but there were things I could have done better or, you know, I just didn't have the education I needed. And, you know, the, I, I could have prepared um, breastfeeding support ahead of time. You know, so the second time around, I did it differently. And that's okay. You know, I gave myself some grace and, you know, she's healthy. You know, I... We, we both lived, we're okay, and you'll be okay. No matter what you think should have happened, just look at today, look where your feet are, follow your feet, you're fine, you know? And the, the holding on to the, the birth plan and the postpartum plan, that's all just exercise to get you on the path with a direction because you don't want to be aimless you know that that has its it's the wandering journey you know that's a beautiful life too but it can be stressful when without a plan so definitely have a plan but when it doesn't go the way you want it just have some grace and you know enjoy your baby I think that's the number one thing is just enjoy your baby and everything else will fall into place. I could not agree more with that. And I'm serious, we're wrapping up there. If you need to backspace 15 seconds a couple of times to re-listen to that, if you need to star this episode, favor this episode, you guys, we are so serious. Look, formula is a tool in our toolbox to use when we need it. Um, it should not come with any sort of shame or guilt. And all of that is just honestly, societal bullshit that has been put on you. It really doesn't mean anything. It is not 
indicative of you as a parent, you as a birther, you as anything, really. Um, it is a tool in our toolbox. And so I think both Calissa and I can say that we hold a space for you to have a shameless and guiltless transition to formula if that is what you choose. And we also want you to feel 100% supported in breastfeeding if that's what you choose. I think both of us have cultivated spaces online that are truly open to whatever is really best for you. Um, and, you know, that's that cannot be said for a lot of spaces in pregnancy and new motherhood. You very rarely find a space um, that truly is unbiased and non-judgmental and truly is on board with whatever you choose. That's very hard to come by. So, Lissa, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here today. You dropped so many good nuggets of wisdom. And I really, really hope people will take home your final note of give yourself grace. This is a brand new job. You are like on the job training. There was no onboarding process or anything <laughs> thrown into it. First day of work, we are expecting you to perform. So give yourself some grace. Calista, before we go, um, for the people who really resonated with the things that you said today, where can they find you online? And then also your podcast and also how can they join um, your online community? Thanks for that. He, he. And before I wrap up too, I just want to thank you for having me and doing a little pod swap. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and yes, yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram, new mom boss, and my um, website is newmomboss.com. And my podcast is the new mom boss podcast. So everything is <laughs> uniform. So yeah, you can follow me. I love DMs. So if you're interested in anything, um, any kind of support in new motherhood, feel free to DM me and we can chat. Oh my goodness, that is awesome. I love sharing this space with the other people who just get motherhood. This is awesome. Oh my goodness. All right, Calissa, thank you so much for joining me. This was an amazing conversation. I really appreciate all of your knowledge and you being so open and honest and really transparent about what postpartum can look like and the challenges that you and your partner in your relationship might face, but how with the proper support and the hard work, uh, you can actually get your relationship back on track. All right, listeners, I will see you again next week. Until then, take care. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident.
Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hehe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.